should should we cut this part out? Yeah, I'll I don't know. It. I'll cut it. It's, fine. it's unprofessional, uh, <laughs> and we're known for our professionalism on we this are known podcast. For our professionalism. to this is a terrible place to live i'm john bauer and i am this week's celebrity guest um morgan freeman hello welcome welcome morgan freeman we're so happy that you can be here unfortunately david isn't here right now um he's gonna be really sad that he missed you but um he's out of the room i heard he didn't like you much anyway yeah, yeah. He's said some pretty terrible things about you in the past. Uh, we won't go into detail. No, I, I don't want to get him canceled. I apologize. That was a weird bit. This <laughs> uh, this week's celebrity guest is actually Ricardo Montalban. We don't mess around with any of those B-list celebrities like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. B-list celebrity. Noted B-list celebrity Morgan Freeman. Ricardo Montalban, myself, on the other hand, has been in numerous films, most notably. I don't know who that Spy is. Kids. Oh, oh, that guy. And Star Trek. And okay. Fantasy Island, but not the new one. There's an old one. The original TV show. I didn't realize that. There was a TV show. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, another notable fact about me is I have a really weird accent, and I'm pretending not to at the moment. I'm just <laughs> imitating David. <laughs> okay. This so... is a desperate ploy to make this episode more entertaining because <laughs> I have nothing interesting to say. <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit ironic to me that we recorded while you were in Ireland through like FaceTime and it was difficult. And so we were like, oh, well, when David gets back, we'll start doing it more regularly again. And here we are one episode without the FaceTime and back on FaceTime because of quarantine. But I mean, there's nothing else for us to do. We have to stay occupied. That's true. I mean, yeah, currently I'm still working the same amount of hours I was because I can work from home, but not everyone can, so. Uh, well, there's nothing for me to do. <laughs> they, they don't let you host a restaurant from home. <laughs> that would be a weird. I don't know how you'd Skype in for that. <laughs> <laughs> they have those those waiter robots that have um like a tray and then they drive around like segways with an iPad on top. Yeah, I I would love being one of those. That would be. <laughs> my my dream job i could stay at home binging tv shows like i have been and then every time someone walks in i'd be like hold on <laughs> and then i'd pause the scene and then i'd go take them to their table on my little segue thing Getting that, that'd be excellent actually we need to set that up as soon as possible there is a restaurant that works that way um for people who are severely disabled and it's in the uk somewhere 
Uh, I saw but, it on I mean, a Facebook video like last week. Even so, though, they wouldn't let you have that many people gathering in the restaurant. No, no. the restaurant yeah. would still be closed. But yeah, no, it's a good idea. I haven't even gotten like takeout because, like I'm saying here, and then my parents are like, but what if the person who's making your food has it? Yeah. So I'm being nice. Yeah. They've said that it's not foodborne. So unless the person is not following like health standards and like coughs directly <laughs> on your food, you should be fine. Oh, like those idiots that you see online who that one dude who was like spitting in pasta sauce containers. Did you see that? No. On uh, the the people licking the subways and all that. Uh, I, as a person who worked in fast food, it drives me crazy to think that there are people out there that did that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm actually pretty happy about all of that going on, just because I know that. Once we're we're through this, there will be less stupid people alive. Like we'll have weeded them out. It's really just trial by fire. If you make it through, you have at least some intelligence. It's just evolution, survival of the fittest. Exactly. And we're going to see a, a wonderful example of that. We'll get through and we'll be like, wow, they're less stupid. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's... We'll get more stupid people later, but you know. Yeah. We'll have a brief uh, respite, we'll respite, respite. I don't know how to say that word because I hear it both ways. I've never figured it out because everyone says it differently. I was really hoping you'd tell me. I um, say it respite, but. And, okay. I, I always see the E at the end and I'm like, well, yeah, I should probably say I, but I'm not sure. It's respite. Well, I'm certain it's not that. We We did do something together. Um, in quarantine. Oh yeah, we did. Uh, we we but we were we were still quarantined. Well, we Netflix no party. We're responsible. What we Netflix partied. We did. Which because is we're the weirdest experience. That's the weirdest experience I've ever had watching a movie with someone. It was strange. It's, Although for a while we just ignored it and didn't yeah, talk. It's a very weird thing to be like, I could make a comment here, but by the time I've written it out and sent it, it'll be so far gone. Oh yeah, there were a few things where I had to like specify what I was commenting on because Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he like sent that. me something we to clarify, we watched the movie Shawshank Redemption because neither of us uh, ashamedly had seen it. Um I'm not ashamed. I, I don't have any shame about that. I'm a little bit ashamed that it took me that long to get around to it because it's been on my list, you know, my whole life. <laughs> I wasn't. Okay, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, anyway, that you sent me something referencing uh, the fact that there's there's a couple of characters in the prison at the beginning of the movie who are called the sisters, and yeah. David sent me a reference about James Charles because he calls all his fans sisters. And I didn't get it at all because he sent it and then it moved past and they didn't call them the sisters after that for like another 15 to 20 minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. It It was a good joke, though, if it had been right in the moment. It was a really good joke if if it had landed at the the right time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess we should talk about the movie, though. I guess. Yeah. I... 
I don't think there's really much to talk about. It's a it's a classic movie, and either you've seen it or you haven't. Like, I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest, um, just because it seemed like pretty straightforward. There wasn't a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. As a movie on its own, it's not a it's not anything special. It it doesn't really do anything out of the ordinary from the perspective of looking back now, but I can see where lots of other films that I like take aspects of what it did first and then incorporate it into something much more special. So yeah, I guess I'll do a quick spoiler heads up, but I found it to be very predictable um, because there is the part at the beginning when he goes up to Morgan Freeman and he's like, Hey, I need a rock hammer. And then Morgan Freeman gets him the rock hammer and then nothing happens with it throughout the rest of the movie. And you're like, he has to be escaping using that rock. hammer." Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's even a conversation about it where he's like, you can't dig through the walls with that thing. And he's like, don't want to. Well, he says it would take you a long time. I think he says a hundred years. Yeah, he says some absurd number of years. But, I mean, the dude's there for a life sentence, so... Yeah, he's there 20 years (laughs) until he gets out. So I was like, I saw that coming. And the whole thing with the posters, I'm like, well, where would his tunnel be? It's behind the poster. (laughs) I mean, I didn't think that far ahead just because I wasn't trying to, like, figure out where it was going. But, yeah, it was pretty obvious. I mean, clearly he's going to escape. That's what the movie's about. We yeah, know that. Of course, yeah, obviously. I mean, and I think also going whole... into it knowing that, just knowing because it's a classic, we know that he escapes and, like, he digs a tunnel. Like, that's knowledge yeah. that we have going into it. So I think maybe not knowing that, it would have been more of, like, an interesting, like, twist. But, like, obviously, there's no way you don't know that. Yeah. And then he talks about how he's made that fake identity. And you're like, hmm. That seems like that'll come yeah, back later. Yeah, when he talked about that, it was like, oh, you're just going to assume this identity when you get out. Like, obviously. Yeah. He's a little bit... I would. I don't know if OP's the right word, because he's just like a character in a movie, not like a superhero. But, like, how does a banker just know how to fabricate a social security number and a birth certificate? And how does he do it from probably. jail? To be fair, it was probably a lot easier back then. They didn't really explain it. That's but he was like, you can do a lot through mail. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I guess that's like today being like a hacker online and buying information on the on the quote-unquote dark web. Yeah, he, he was a, a mail hacker back in the day. He hacked the envelopes. <laughs> yeah, he got past their postmen whatever that was supposed to be like firewalls but they have postmen instead <laughs> they have postmen. <laughs> yeah. yeah they just stand in a line I, well and they show shorts. they show that rock hammer get worn down like crazy and then they're like and there's like 15 doodads on his windowsill and you're like <laughs> he made 15 things with the rock hammer and it's completely ruined he made the chess set that never came back. Yeah, I know the chess set. I thought the chess set 
and I think I messaged this to you. I thought the chess set was always that was going to be under the rock. I was like, this dude, he's just going to leave some chess set and be like, yo, peace. I thought, like I said, I thought he was going to leave another harmonica because that never came back either. Yeah, what was with the, what was this <laughs> this movie? If it wasn't a classic, I don't think anyone now would be like, oh yeah, it's good. Like, there's so yeah. much stuff that never comes back. It seems like they're layering in like uh, subtext or things that are going to come back later. But then once you think about it, you're like, wait a second. No, they didn't use that at all. The that sister's storyline. The sister's storyline doesn't come back at all. It has no purpose. Well, I mean, the the only purpose of that entire thing was just like prison's really bad. And you're like, oh, prison is bad. I mean, <laughs> That's I guess the only I, thing, really. It kind of is like the story of why he becomes like an endeared member of the group. But it no. doesn't really because that's him buying them beers on the roof. So exactly. there's no point of it other than just to be like, um, so he's there and it's prison and obligatory prison rape scene. And then other than that, really the only thing that they have talking about how bad prison is, is like the institutional uh, institutionalization when the old guy leaves and hangs himself and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really the only thing that they have to illustrate how bad prison is. They're just like, oh, it ruins your life. But then inside prison doesn't seem that bad. He just hangs out with his friends. He's got his library going. <laughs> well, and the whole point of that like institutionalized thing was he wanted to go back. Like he liked it in prison. Yeah. So prison's not so Everyone bad. liked it in prison. They seemed fine. They were... <laughs> Honestly, what was the character's name? I only remember Red was Morgan Freeman. I couldn't even remember that. Was it Andrew? Yes, it was Andy. Um... I, I'm wondering because that's the same name as uh, Shutter Island, which is a film I would consider to be a much better version of this. Yeah, Shutter Island was definitely a much better version of this. Although that's because it has like an entire another story going on inside of it. But It's a very different story, but it's like if this story were good. Yeah, not, it's not like this story, made is, story a lot more interesting. Not that this story is bad, it's just boring. Yeah. I'd say, like, yeah, Shutter Island is a much better movie. I gave this movie, like, three and a half stars, um, and I gave Shutter Island five, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what I gave Shutter Island, but it was very high. I gave this four and a half, but I'm kind of regretting. I think I'm going to change it. Um, let's see, what else has been going on? Um, I mean, we can talk about the kind of weird pop culture boom that's happened during quarantine online. Okay. Yeah. Cause there's like a, I don't know. It's like a weird mix of like everyone talking about the same things. Yeah. Which <laughs> is going to make our podcast a little bit more boring just because Everyone's been hearing about this constantly. <laughs> but the thing is, I haven't, I haven't seen or played any of the things. Okay. So, <laughs> like, I, the two that come to mind are Tiger King and Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. I've, I've thought about watching Tiger King just because 
everyone else has talked has watched it so i feel a little bit left out but also i just don't care that much i um, had a, i had a big rant to andrew about why i think expose docu-series are more harmful than they are good because in general i don't think that they do anything to promote like correcting the behavior they just quote unquote bring awareness and awareness does nothing yeah it just makes famous people out of horrible people yeah <laughs> there are some things this is a little bit of a tangent but just talking about the idea of yeah. spreading awareness um where people will be like, oh, I'm spreading awareness for cancer. I'm like, I know about cancer. What are you, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's just like volunteering so you feel better about yourself. You're like, oh, I've spread awareness now. Well, I think, it, I think it's pretty widely known now that the Susan, is it Susan B. Komen? Susan G. Komen? I don't know who that is. It's the, it's the pink breast cancer awareness. Oh, okay is a, that foundation takes a lot of money in donations and does not fund any research, almost at all. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for spreading awareness. Yeah, they I'm are. I'm aware of that. If you want to fund actual research for breast cancer, uh, finding a cure for breast cancer, do not donate to Susan G. Komen. Susan G. Komen is... A bad not, lady. It's not a good foundation. Find a better foundation. It's a good cause, but that's not the place. Um, so yeah, we, we got a little bit sidetracked, but Tiger King, have you watched it at all? You I said have you not. I'm refusing. I'll probably break down once I finish catching up on Community. That's what I've been watching. I I watched the first two weeks of working from home, which for me was before the quarantine. Cause I, I got to start that before, uh, before it really spread in the U S. So that was like four and a half weeks ago now. Yeah. I've been I, inside for like three and a half. Yeah. I, I watched, um, all of counterpart on Amazon Kind of season one. It's a show with J.K. Simmons. It's a sci-fi show. It's very good. It's on Amazon Prime. I liked it a lot. I haven't watched season two, but since then I have not watched any more TV than usual. I have just been working my regular hours. I've been watching so much. I've gotten through three seasons of Breaking Bad and three seasons of Community. Wow. Wait, no, I'm on season four of Breaking Bad, actually. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and I've watched a ton of movies. I watched the Florida Project the other day. It was great. So good. I thought I was going to watch more movies than I have. I have not gotten around to watching anything, really. <laughs> I'll say Netflix has stepped up its game during quarantine, and I appreciate it. They've put so many good movies on there recently. There was the Florida Project. Um, they put The Killing of a Sacred Deer on there, which I'm going to watch soon. Um, well, there were a bunch that were already on there. Uh, I watched Green Room the other day, which I have mixed feelings about that movie. 
that's like the that's the Nazi punk movie, yeah. Yeah. That has J.K. Simmons in it too. No, it doesn't. It has Patrick Stewart, the other bald guy. Oh, the other bald guy. I thought it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I heard a review of it, like an in-depth review, and I thought they said J.K. Simmons, but they probably just messed up. Maybe. Um, Patrick Stewart was really good in it, though. He was playing a Nazi. And I was like, whoa, Patrick Stewart, I normally like you, but now I hate you because you're a Nazi. Um, it wasn't the type of movie that I typically watch, but I, I did watch it because it's A24, so I can be convinced to watch most A24 movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the stylized like look of it from what I'd seen, so I was like, oh, that looks... I'll, I'll watch that. Um, I don't know. I'd say there were some things about it that were like overly simplistic, but it was it was a cool concept because they illustrated really well how they ended up in that situation where it was this band who wouldn't associate with that particular like subsection of a culture, like um, like yeah. Nazi punks, like the skinheads and all that, mm-hmm. where. They're a punk rock band, but that's not the sort of circle that they're involved in. Yeah. And then they end up in this situation that they don't want to be in. They're really uncomfortable. And then it goes bad from there. So I thought the setup of it was really good. Um, And then the tension right at the beginning is really strong, where they're stuck in this room with one of the bad guys, and then all the bad guys are on the other side of the door. Yeah, they talked about that scene in detail in the review I listened to. So yeah, the tension there was really good. But then I'd say the ending was a little bit sloppy. But I, overall, I liked it. I feel like I've watched something that I was like, oh, I needed to get around to this, but I can't remember. The, the Flora Project was definitely the best one that I've seen so far. Oh, and I just finished um, Legends of Tomorrow season four, five, whatever I was on not that important i feel very pretentious now that i've quit all of the cw shows i feel like a snob i quit watching too good i quit watching (laughs) all of them and i was like i'm not getting back into them but i'm gonna watch legends and then is that the best one i never watched any of that oh legends is is absolutely the worst and that's why i love it (laughs) okay it's like ridiculous it's campy it's ridiculous but it's great. The first season is is arguably the most try-hard thing you will ever watch, but then after that, it's like they embrace how cheesy the show is. I saw, I think it was a PewDiePie video talking about Supergirl um, and just how bad Supergirl has gotten. It's so bad. <laughs> it was fine. The, the first it, season was fine. The effects on it are legitimately terrible. Oh, yeah. I was one. I was watching. And I was like, "This looks like one of those videos where it's like showing the middle effects before it's done. Like, this is how we make it. This is like a step in the middle." <laughs> I don't know if you watch any corridor digital stuff. Um, there, I've seen like a couple of their videos. I watch a lot of their stuff. I really like them because it, it they do a lot of stuff that's either stuff that I do for work in three D realm of stuff or that I would like to learn to do. So I Mm -hmm. like watching their stuff and they've done uh, like a 
VFX artists react series and they reacted to some Supergirl stuff. I commented a couple times and was like, please react to Supergirl. It's so bad. Because I watched the first three seasons of it. And the first season was fine. It was a fine show. It was like on the same yeah. quality as like first season of Flash maybe. It just tanked the moment it went on the CW. It's a horrible <laughs> show. <laughs> oh man. Um I'd say out of all the CW, the probably the best of it that I've seen would be the first two seasons of Arrow. And then after that. I, like Flash was alright for a little bit, but I I, I love season two of Arrow. Yeah, the Absolutely one with Deathstroke is great. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely loved it. I don't I think, know his name, but the guy who played Deathstroke, he did a great job. Oh, uh, I'm getting the name for the guy who plays him in the DCEU, which doesn't really exist. <laughs> He's in like three scenes. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. Bennett, someone Bennett. But I thought they set it up really well in that show and everything. Just yeah. his backstory on the island and everything. That was well done. Yeah, the, they did a really good job with those those first three seasons of Arrow. The, season three is where it started to take a turn, and then season four was a complete crapshoot. Yeah, I didn't finish season three. Uh, that wasn't just be, that wasn't because I disliked it or anything. I was just like, I don't know. I forgot about it. Yeah, I I started watching Arrow during season four, and then I went back and watched the first three seasons. <laughs> Oh, something that you might find interesting that I noticed when I was in Europe is that in Europe in general, so like UK, Ireland, and Germany, all of their Netflixes yeah. have Titans as a Netflix original. Yep. I didn't. It took me by surprise. I was like, wait a second. No, yeah, I knew that. Why are you here? Yeah, they, they released it. It, was, it wasn't... It, exactly simultaneously though the whole season came out one week at a time in the u.s on the dc universe yeah and then it came out i think a week at a time on netflix but it may have been a a, a binge drop is it on netflix here no oh okay it's on in canada but it in the U.S. it is not. I think the U.S. is the only place that DC Universe is the exclusive place to find it. <laughs> um, I've been considering getting a VPN just because I've got nothing else to do but watch TV. So then I broaden I, my options. I have a VPN. The thing is, and I have used it quite considerably to watch movies that I really wanted to get around to that are on Netflix and other countries. It's inconsistent. So yeah, whether or not it works really depends on the day and the server. So you might connect and it'll work, but then disconnect and reconnect and it'll not work anymore. I downloaded like a really crappy free one to watch, um, Daniel Sloss's X on HBO when I was in, uh, in Ireland because for some reason there's nowhere to watch his special in Ireland. Like it's on HBO, 
but it's like, oh, this title is not available in your location. Weird. And there's nowhere else to watch it when you're there. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to get a VPN. So then it got like halfway through it and then it stopped working. And then I had to watch the, the rest of it the next day. So that's really weird. Yeah. That, there's, that seems to happen a lot more with comedy than other things. Cause that happens with um, comedy central, their YouTube channel. Yeah. Like they've done a lot of collaborations with YouTubers recently, but in Canada, you can't watch any Comedy Central videos on YouTube. It's blocked in the in Canada. The entire channel? Yeah, the entire channel. That's so weird. So like you can click on the link and it'll take there and this content is not available in your in your service area. I don't know if I talked about that special on the podcast before, but it's I know, I mean, I've talked about Daniel Sloss just because uh, he's amazing. But that special was one of the best ones I've ever seen. Um, he does this whole, like, first um, 40 minutes of the show, which are, like, normal stand-up stuff. Um, he talks about uh, how he's a godfather and how he <laughs> gets to be like a terrible version of a dad around his godfather. Uh, I mean, about around his goddaughter. Um, like he, he teaches his goddaughter that uh, middle finger is like, I love you. So then when they're at the, the fair, she's going around all the horses and flipping them off and going, <laughs> I love you horses. <laughs> uh, so there's all of that. And then, the like final 20 minutes of the show uses to touch on like really serious issues and like the loss of a friend based on his actions and everything. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much because his specials are really good that way and that he delves into like very personal things for him. It usually at the end of his show and it's really good to like not expect it coming. Um, so watch all three of his specials. They're great. Yeah. I need to, I need to do that. I also watched someone that you've recommended to me in the past. I mean, like I've known who he was, but like, I just haven't watched any of his specials, but I watched Aziz Ansari's right now. Which... Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that to me. I don't think it was on the, the pod, but yeah. That was a great special. I loved it. Um, I'm not like a super like big Aziz Ansari fan. Like I've, I liked him in Parks and Rec. He was good. Um, I objectively I mean... don't like him in Parks and Rec. Why? I don't like his character. I think it, it framed him as a as a comedian in a, a bad light. I think it's poorly written, and I, I don't like him. On well, website. I mean, it was written for him specifically. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. Well, okay. We don't have to get into that, but it he's always just been a comedian that's, like, I've known of, but, like, never really, like, cared enough to watch his stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. You've said you really like Master Master of None. Yeah, that's when I really got big into him for a little while was Master of None, which is a great show. So, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. It's in my list. But so I'd known like the the controversy around him and like the scandal and everything that had happened. I didn't, which is oh. weird. I didn't know that was a thing until I was like, when are they making a season three of Master of None? And then I looked it up and found it. I was like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> great. So 
Um, then I watched the special and it was amazing. Like he, he did such a good job of talking about like serious things in a way that it doesn't like slow down the pace of the show at all. Um, and he, he, he does some really good crowd work in that special. Oh, it's so good. Like Fantastic. everyone on the front row, he, he just really incorporates them into the show in a very natural way where it seems like it was scripted, like it had to be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to imagine and, that he did that special several nights in a row and those people weren't there for some of the other ones, you know, it's like, yeah, that is because just there's so many routine. great punchlines that work so well based where it's like callbacks even or like, what would he have done if they weren't there? But there was probably really great crowd work that he did in other shows that we never got to see. Yeah. Um, which is, I think that's a testament to like what a great comedian he is that he can do that so well. Um, Cause I know I, I'm terrible at crowd work. When I do like my open mics, I do them so specifically. Like I have like the pacing down exactly the way I want it. And everything. Well, well, that's just a different style of comedy too. Cause like, I think, another really great comedian that everyone talks about all the time, John Mulaney, he yeah. rarely ever does crowd work. He rarely ever talks directly to the audience. He does on occasion, but not very often. He has a very set delivery. Um, yeah, there's a, a wide spectrum. Like, yeah, John Mulaney would be on like probably one end. And then on the other end, there'd be, um, I don't know if you know Mike Falzone. He used yeah. to be a host for SourceFed. Yeah. Like his stand-up is almost exclusively crowd work. Um, and it's really good too. He's very funny. I've never um, seen his stand-up, but I, I know, know some of his stuff from SourceFed and I think other YouTube stuff he's done. Yeah. So, um, oh, and also the special, like right now is such a, I can't believe that he got Spike Jones to direct his special. And it, it was such a, it was so good. Like it was probably the most visually interesting special I've ever seen. And I was like, this is such a great like combination of two things that I love, like filmmaking and stand up, and it makes it like it meshes it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird to me that this that comedy specials are directed. I yeah. That doesn't compute in my brain, but it's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> like if you go to Bo Burnham's directing credits, it also has like Chris Rock's tambourine. It's like, Oh, what? <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was very impressed with this special and I need to, I guess I'll go back and watch some of his older stuff, but supposedly this one was very different. Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched his previous one. Yeah. It's very different. I love the, the bit that he has where he's talking about um, the comparing R. Kelly to Michael Jackson. And <laughs> he, he was like, so if it was only like two kids, then then it's all right. <laughs> and plus his songs are better, so so it's okay. <laughs> he's like making the guy in the front row feel really bad yeah. about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see what else. I'm kind of blanking at the moment. 
I had a few things that popped up that I was like, oh, well, I'll circle back to that, but I can't remember. Um, my family is trying to start a garden that's going on in our backyard. Who is? Uh, my family. We're, we're, oh, your family. I thought you said my friend. I was like, who? No. Oh, your family. Yeah. I don't have friends. My back, um, My backyard is a different person's apartment, so there's no garden there. Well, so the other day... My mom was like, so we're starting a garden. And I was like, okay, cool. And then she said, so you and Joseph are going to go into the backyard and uh, just dig up all the grass in this area that we've fenced out now. Um, so we were doing that for a few hours, um, which was terrible. I've never – we don't even have a hoe. We just have, like, those little <laughs> hand rake things. Oh, no. So I was doing it with one of, like, the little handheld ones. Oh, no. Um, you need a tiller. Yeah, we don't have a tiller or a hoe. I'll be our garden's hoe. I was about to say, those all sound like slurs. <laughs> I uh, need a tiller and a hoe. Anything can be a slur if you try hard enough. That's the real message. <laughs> um, but no, so then eventually, my mom was on the phone with her friend who's better at gardening than she is. So that friend said, oh, oh by the way, the seeds that we're supposed to plant are 15 years old. They're so old. <laughs> they were supposed to be planted in 2005. And those are the more recent ones. There were some that were supposed to be planted in 2003. Um, I'm sorry. How old were you in 2003? I was two or three years old, depending on what time of year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's... um. Do seeds go bad? Do they expire? We don't know. So my mom was like, I don't know if seeds go bad. We'll try. Um, so then she called her friend, and the friend was like, no, here's what you need to do. You need to take these seeds and put them in between wet napkins, and that way they'll sprout that is what before you put them in the ground. So then you don't like waste it. So we have on our... like. Um, breakfast area like table like six different plates full of seeds and wet napkins now they're all labeled ones like eggplant watermelon we've got it all set out there and then she said and also don't dig up all the grass with little hand rakes what you need to do is take leaf bags and cover them and just leave them there for like two weeks so that all the grass dies because if you till it up, then there will still be seeds in the dirt. So, but, but there's still going to be seeds from dead grass. I know that. I tried to say that, but no one listens to me around here. So now we've just got a bunch of leaf bags in our backyard. And between like a makeshift fence that we made from plywood and wire, um, that doesn't actually do anything. It was supposed to keep out our dog. But our dog can go through the wires, as we've seen recently. So You have a and, dog? Yeah, her name's Jenny. I didn't know that. She she stays in the backyard. She's not an inside dog <laughs> because we're mean. Um, <laughs> so, so there's a weird fence that doesn't do anything. There's a bunch of garbage bags on the ground. And... My mom said, oh, don't cut them, though, because I want to use these bags. 
So we could cover twice as much ground if we cut the bags, you know? Yeah. And we can't puncture them, like nail them down so that they don't move. So then they just keep getting blown. Like we'll put things on top of them so that they don't blow away. But like the corners will keep popping up so and the grass isn't even covered. Um, it's a bit of a disaster at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Do you have a tarp? No. Why would we have a tarp, John? I don't know. My family did a lot of camping, so we had a lot of tarps. Ooh, we could put uh, tents over there, because tents always kill the grass once they're there for a little bit. Do you, you have, have tents? I don't know. You, I was going to say, you have tents, but you don't have a tarp? I mean, I feel like you'd have tents before you get a tarp. That makes sense to me. You, that you need a tarp if you're going to stake a tent. Okay, well, anyway. No, you don't. They're those like uh, cheap, like little dome ones that you get from Academy, you know. Yes, to make a, a tent not get wet, you put it on a tarp. No, but the bottoms of those tents are basically the same material as tarps. So yeah, it would work, to... but like when you go camping in one of those tents, you're still supposed to have a tarp under it. Why? To keep it from getting wet. But it's already keeping. The bottom of it is the water-resistant material anyway. It's still going to get wet. I've slept in those tents, and I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know. I hate camping, so don't don't really matter to me. I don't mind camping. I was in Boy Scouts for a little bit. We won't talk about it. I didn't like it that much. We won't talk about my time in Boy Scouts. I hated it so much. Oh, you were in Boy Scouts? Yes. What rank did you get to? We got to get competitive about this now. Scout. Oh, I got to the one above Tenderfoot, whatever that is. I don't even know. I don't, yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> my my I oldest... think it's second class scout. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, scout second class probably. Yeah, I my oldest two brothers are Eagle Scouts, and then me and Paul are. We didn't get past scout, so. Well, then Paul did Civil Air Patrol. Yeah, Paul so. did Civil Air Patrol. Which I did as well. I did both. I double dipped because I quit Boy Scouts and I did some web troll. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people I know did that because Boy Scouts sucked. Oh, it wasn't good at all, no. No, no. It's awful. I went to their summer camp once, which they had like all these um, classes that were supposed to give you merit badges. You'd get one for each class. I only got, I don't think I got a merit badge for a single one of those classes. Like that was the idea of the whole camp. It's like you're gonna leave with a ton of merit badges. I don't got. I didn't get one of them. Oh wait, no, I did. I got the rowboating one, uh, rowing one. Even though I was terrible at rowing, they somehow gave me the merit badge. I shouldn't have gotten it. I don't think I got a single merit badge in I... Boy Scouts. <laughs> they required a lot of like. Even if you did classes, they required a lot of like home time work where you had to like. Yeah. do a certain amount of time or do like a collection of things. It's like, I just, whatever. Well, so that was the whole idea of the classes that you do it all while you're there. So I was like, Oh, that, but anyway, the long story is they, I did the rowing one and rowing is so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I was like, they're like, Oh, you go backwards in a rowboat. And I'm like, I know that, but why? And, Cause I was like, I can just, as easily go forwards and they're like no but you go backwards in a rowboat 
<laughs> so then I'd get stuck on the side of the river and my rowboat and I'm like, well, you told me not to go forwards and I can't see behind me. And they're like, why'd you get stuck? No one else is getting stuck. I'm like, I'm going backwards. Yeah, I could go forward. I, I don't understand rowboats. I don't know why they exist. I'm, um, I'm sure at one point there was a good reason for people to go backwards. but. Um, so I can kind of row now, but I'll probably get stuck if there's shores nearby. If I was in the middle of a lake, I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. No, hmm. But also, like, they had, like, a bunch of prerequisites to get into certain merit badge classes. So then I was only allowed to be in, like, the crappy ones because I was, like, a new scout. So then I was in, like, basket weaving and, like, orienteering. There were a bunch of things you had to do before you could do anything fun, which is just how school works. But it was, like, school I didn't have to do if I didn't want to. And so yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I'd like the, the term extracurricular activity is uh, just school that you don't have to do. Yeah. Well, I feel like for, <laughs> for homeschoolers, the term gets thrown around a lot. It's like, Oh, you're going to go to your extracurriculars. And I'm like, no, this is just something fun. I do. This isn't like, <laughs> <laughs> i guess it makes sense because the term literally means outside of school so it's like okay sure everything's extracurricular <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i think i think i'm very glad i'm no longer in school oh it's been the best i'm so glad if I was having to homeschool during this quarantine, I'd be miserable. But luckily, I'm just here binging community and breaking bad. I'm yeah. probably going to watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer tonight. It's oh, yeah, going to be good. On my list. Is that on Is that on Prime on Netflix? Where it's on that? Netflix now. Oh, okay. It's uh, the Yorgos whatever his last name is. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah. I I'm excited because I like Barry Keoghan. He's a good actor. And he's in it. So. Cats is rentable now, so I'm probably going to watch that soon. Ooh. Um, too bad it's not on Netflix. We could do a Netflix party if it was. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun to comment on. Except could... it would be delayed. <laughs> I was considering being like, we should watch it together. And I was like, oh, but I don't know how to do that for a rented film. Or so. If we both rented it, we could do a Skype call and just press play at the same time and hope it doesn't lag too much. Yeah. We could, we should try it. We could figure that out at some point. Or we can watch it separately and then call and do a special episode of the podcast to discuss it. That's just to abuse uh, cats. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, cats. I was venting to you about this over messenger, but the new star Wars movie was so bad. Oh, it's so bad. I'd heard it was bad, oh but I didn't realize it was this bad. Like something that I was confused by after watching this movie, I'm like, why aren't people more upset about this? And I know people get unreasonably upset about movies. There was, but I was like, there was, there was so, so much, much backlash when people got upset about 
The Last Jedi that I think exactly. people were just afraid to voice that they didn't like this movie because they thought they were going to get like run into the ground for being haters. But honestly, this made The Last Jedi look like a masterpiece, even the if Last you Jedi hated was it. So much better than this movie. In fact, I'd say that The Last Jedi was probably the best of this trilogy. Like, yeah, when you when you look back at the whole trilogy, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. And like people were just like, Yeah, it was bad, but they never said anything about it. And I was like, Oh, it was really bad. Would I watch it again? No. Would I watch <laughs> the first one, The Force Awakens, again? No. Would I watch the final installation? Which name? Rise of Skywalker. I couldn't remember for a second there. It's not a good Again? Name. Absolutely. It's a nightmare, and I'd love to see it again. Also, it doesn't... The name doesn't even make sense. The Rise of Skywalker? She's a Palpatine. What? I, I know. that It really sucks. At the end, she's like, I'm a Skywalker. It's so, yeah. so bad. They should have named it The Rise of Palpatine, because Palpatine's back. And it's, she is apparently a Palpatine. It well, that would have given it away, like the first trailer. It wouldn't have, because they're like, "Oh, Palpatine's back." No, I'm saying it wouldn't have given away that Ray was a Palpatine. No, yeah, well, I mean, but that was a theory that came out after Force Awakens. And oh, and man. obviously that wasn't the plan originally. <laughs> like, come on now, really? I, I watched the honest trailer for it. And they describe J.J. Abrams as the director who never saw a landing he couldn't not stick. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Did you ever see Firefly? Yeah. Serenity? Yeah, I love Firefly. Yeah, I watched Serenity. Oof. But that's Joss Whedon. I know. But, like, that's when, when, when I think of that phrase, a landing he couldn't not stick, I think of the scene where Wash lands the craft and they're all like, ah, oh, we're there. And then it pans to reveal, you know. That's <laughs> oh, what I think. That's what that movie was. made me mad too when I watched that. That was a while ago though. So, but we, I want to vent more about Star Wars just because I'm mad. Um, because I... This is the first like Star Wars movie that I've like actively hated. Like the the first th- like the prequel trilogy, like I know it's bad. I just don't talk about it. Like the, this the, one like I am the, vehemently upset about. Like the, the prequel trilogy is one of those things where it's like it's really bad. It's so bad that it became really fun to watch and laugh at. Yeah, and like there's nostalgia going on for me too, since I watched them as kid, like a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get something out of this. But this one, it was so poorly written. Nothing made sense. <laughs> there was that first scene where after um, the Millennium Falcon goes to visit like a dude who somehow has information from a spy who you later find out is General Hux. You're like, why was General Hawks talking to that one dude in the weird asteroid? Oh, yeah. What? (laughs) Um, So anyway, which I just realized now. I'm like, wait, why was he talking to that guy? 
how did that guy have the information? The 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 first like that that scene you're talking about during that scene, my friend who is the biggest Star Wars fan I know, uh, Jenna, turned to me in the theater because we saw it together, and she was like, "What fandom is this?" Yeah. What fan? This isn't Star Wars. And then, okay, so they land the Millennium Falcon at their like weird base place that's basically just Yavin, but like knockoff Yavin. Um, okay, every planet in the the sequel trilogy is just knockoff some other planet. Yeah, they've got Scarif, which is just Tatooine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they go to knockoff Yavin. Well, I mean, the knockoff Dagobah doesn't look anything like Dagobah, so the, it has that going for it. That's true. It looks much better than Dagobah. It's really cool looking. Um, I like that planet, whatever it's called. Who knows? Um, but anyway, so they land on knockoff Yavin, and then Poe and Ray and Finn have like this weird scene of banter that is so unnatural. I was watching it, and I was like, what is happening? They have no chemistry at all. They're not friends. No, they don't even sound like well, people they, talking. That's the first like, time they've talked. If I can remember, if I remember correctly, that's the first time they've ever spoken. Yeah. Like, that scene. Ugh. And then BB-8 keeps saying things and then Poe responds like he said actual lines. And then I'm like, this is completely disrupting the flow of the conversation. And it, they've done that in other Star Wars movies where like the droids will say stuff and Chewie will say stuff. But you always, you never notice it. And this was the first time that I noticed him doing that. And I was like, this isn't working at all. What did yeah, they get wrong? It was, it was very much, well, what it was is when, when R2-D2 talks in like the original trilogy, usually C-3PO responds to him as if we just know what he said. And sometimes we don't know what he said at all. We have no idea what he said. And so we yeah. just have to take it from the intonation of his beeps. However, in that conversation with BB-8, instead of just responding to him, Poe uh, re-dialogues what BB-8 said. Oh. So he does things like he'll be like, I know BB-8, we have to do the whatever, but first we have to do this. Like it's some computer game kid show mashup. Uh, so... And all of that, that was all just painful to watch, that entire sequence on that planet. And then they're like, oh, we need to go track down Sith Wayfinder, which was really just a holocron. They stole it from Extended Universe, and then they were like, but we're not going to call it that. They we're going to call it something else. so much from the Extended Universe that isn't canon anymore and just completely destroyed it. And, you know, last, last podcast we talked about Star Wars briefly. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just done with Star Wars. And you were like, well, this is why I'm done with Star Wars. I am I, I so done with now. Star Wars. I mean, I'm going to watch the other ones. They have that sort of emotional hold on me where I'm forced to. That, well, like I said, I, I don't have any emotional connection to Star Wars from yeah. like my childhood. I, get, I enjoyed Rogue One and I enjoyed Solo. And I'll probably watch those again in two years yeah but that's it like if they come out with another star wars movie i'll probably watch it but i just don't care yeah i feel like the only route that they can do to make star wars better at this point 
is because they're going to be doing like one-off movies now it's not going to be trilogies yeah which hopefully Um, is better yeah i think that if they get really interesting directors exploring interesting genres within star wars like genres that star wars isn't originally but like say they did like a noir one or like a a mystery in that sort of vein or if they did if they explore new genres basically if they a Star had Wars let, horror movie would be really cool. If they That'd had, be, if they had let Ryan Johnson make Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. I have a feeling it would have been really, really fun. Yeah, but instead, think, what we got was this really poorly pieced together mixture of classic Star Wars JJ and Ryan Johnson, and I think uh, that's why people didn't like it. And it still had, like, a lot of hit Ryan Johnson, but I I think that's why it was boring to me. All of, I won't say all, but most of, like, the emotional beats throughout the movie are just completely undercut, like, immediately, which was so weird. It was like, oh, they did something. I'm like, oh, and then they self-sabotaged. Like, they killed Chewie, and then in the next scene, it was cut, and they're like, and now we have the the Wookiee prisoner. They're like, oh, I wonder who that is. It's Chewbacca. They captured Chewbacca. They have him. Well, and then they did that thing with with Finn where he's like, Ray, I I never got to tell you. And then he never does. And then he never does. Throughout the entire movie. And then she's like, what is it you wanted to tell me? And he's like, "Uh, nothing. Nothing at all. And he doesn't ever. And according to the script. What was that supposed to be? According to the script, all that was was he wanted to tell her that he's force sensitive. (laughs) <laughs> which is the dumbest thing anyone... and then he's like I can't say it in front of Poe I can't let Poe know that I'm like oh, I man. thought they were gonna be like oh Finn is in love with her and he which... can't say it in front of Poe because Poe is in love with him but then instead Poe has some ex-girlfriend come back like she was not inconsequential of plot what the heck um the, and then there was the whole thing with rose in the last movie i was like <laughs> i thought she died i was like they they and then she's back but she doesn't do anything throughout this movie and she's never given more time with poe i mean with finn they did i was like okay they did kelly marie tran so much wrong in both movies <laughs> Yeah, they introduced her poorly in Last Jedi, and they uh, unfairly cut all of her part out in, in whatever that one's called, uh, Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine fucker. And there was a, a moment in the movie where Kylo Ren point blank asked Palpatine, "How are you still here? What?" And then he's like, "I've been preserved by unnatural means," and they he just completely avoids the question. Because they're too lazy to write it. <laughs> well, it's written in the novelization, which is stupid that it it's not in the movie. But yeah, no, it's written in the novelization that he's a clone. Uh, and then they've got Snoke in like a, a weird cloning tank. And you're like, what? Clone was also the sorry, clone. Clone was also a Snoke. No, Snoke was also a clone. Which doesn't make any sense because Palpatine's like, the entire time, I was Snoke. I was that voice in your head. And he was like, 
so if Snoke was just a figurehead for Palpatine, why wouldn't Palpatine have just been there? What's the point? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Because I mean, obviously, obviously he was drawn to the dark side, and like idolized Darth Vader. So why wouldn't he have idolized Palpatine too? Like, or if Palpatine can make literally anyone. Why wouldn't he have just made someone who looks exactly like Darth Vader? Well, but and the just thing is, manipulated him that way. The the according the things I, I haven't read the novelization, but I was reading about it just today, actually, about like what's in it, and basically they kind of hint that um, Snoke is a clone of a Sith Lord from the EU, from the old uh, EU, that people thought just disappeared for thousands of years. Um, and that he created a device that Palpatine's using at the end there to, to prop him up that exoskeleton thing he was wearing yeah. to prolong his life. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's a care. lot of stuff they don't talk about. They really, they really took like the thing about that movie is it, it touches on the EU stuff that I really like and just completely shits all over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on the note of them undercutting their own emotional beats, um, <laughs> all of them, they, they <laughs> had the thing where C3PO is like, I'm going to give up my memory. Oh yeah. And, and then he just gets it back like three minutes later. Yeah. They explain why he can't. They're like, oh, R2's memory banks are super faulty. That's not going to work. And then it just does. And then it just They're works. Like, why yeah. did they say that if like, he can? Honestly, that was probably the only like emotional point in the entire movie for like Star Wars fans is when C-3PO is like, taking one last look at my friends. And then they undermine yeah. that with comedy. Also, C-3PO was off the entire movie. Oh, he had like terrible. weird... His comedy was felt so different than anything C-3PO has ever done. I was like, this isn't the same character. He felt like an idiot, whereas in previous movies, he was kind of a clumsy dork. Yeah. Uh, I will anyway. say, I like Babu Frick. Babu Frick was cute. <laughs> yeah. But what was his that, point? That was a nice um, like turn where they were like, you thought he was going to be like, I don't know, more humanoid. He's actually a tiny person and they just didn't acknowledge He's it. He's like a tiny mole. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is my oldest friend, Babu Frick. Something that <laughs> needs to be acknowledged that made no sense is now every single ship in this fleet is a Death Star. <laughs> which is so ridiculously OP that there are no stakes in Star Wars at all. Now. <laughs> the fact, the fact that <clears throat> they won. It doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense at all because there was force lightning and it wasn't yeah. just like hands lightning. It was like full on sky lightning coming out of the freaking tower uh-huh. Were they on Exegol? Was that where they were? Yeah, that's that's what they <laughs> Why were they on Exegol? What was the point of that? Why were they there? Why Exegol? It didn't matter for the entire rest of the movie. Why did the final battle take place 
So they're on his home turf. Yeah. He's got crazy force lightning and every battleship they have is a Death Star and he still lost. And the Knights of Ren were in this battle. Such a disappointment. I was excited for them. I was so excited. The the brief scenes in the other movies and you're like, oh, they're in this movie. Oh, they're going to be cool. There's going to be like a cool fight scene like the one in the throne room in the last movie. But with the Knights of Ren, that'll be so – I was excited for that scene. But then it was such a disappointment when he finally fights them. Yeah, so so boring. <laughs> I think I related it in uh, in a message with you. It felt like intergalactic Proud Boys. It, it was just the dumbest thing. Um, I thought they were going to was... be – I thought they were going to be more like force-using <laughs> force mercenaries – but then they ended up cool too. Then they ended up just so being cool. like guys. I don't know who they were. What what was their deal? They they don't explain it. They don't um, explain it at all. And I kind of thought that they were dead, and that we'd get some sort of backstory as to how they that would have been better than what happened. Like turned <laughs> Kylo to the dark side, and then like kind of how they died off. But they're still there. And they do nothing for two movies, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, we're gonna kill you now, dude." The guy that's our namesake. And they just looked. They just looked stupid sometimes. Like that scene where they Dumb were on the fuck. the other tattooing planet that they went to in this movie, um, the other desert one, the one that was like, "We're diverse, but we've got aliens." Um, oh yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> the one where they sink in the pit. Yeah. Yeah, and then like, Finn, I think, walks around like a, a rock. And then one of them is just standing there. And I was like, oh, that didn't look menacing. <laughs> just look, it looked awkward. Like he was like, oh. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of scenes in Rise of Skywalker. Now, I haven't seen it since December. I saw it in theaters and I didn't bother watching it again. But there were a lot of scenes I remember I being it. like, it's it feels like it's on a green screen and movies have gotten really good at being like, it's on a green screen, but you have no idea it's on a green screen. Yeah. This movie had a lot of scenes where I'm pretty certain it wasn't on a green screen and it felt like it was on a green screen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, something else. They have the thing where they talk about um, where all of a sudden Palpatine's like, they were a dyad in the force. And you're like, what is a dyad in the force? Which my first thought was like, oh, well, in the prequel trilogy, they never really explained some uh, midichlorians. Um, but I was like, but based on context clues, you know what midichlorians are. It's like how force sensitive they are based on their blood and everything. It got written out, though. A dyad in the force. We have no idea what that is. He's just like, you're a dyad in the force. And then he starts sucking their faces off. It was weird. I I think the idea was that they were, the two of them were the balance of the force. Like she was the light side and he was the dark side. And together they were the force. They have that in Clone Wars. That was actually a cool episode where they're the embodiments of the force in like this weird place where there's the father, the son and the daughter. And like the father is the balance and then the son is the dark side and the daughter's light side. Basically, basically they are yin, yin and yang. 
Okay. Because and what, because what, of that, he's able to. I don't suck understand. Off I don't understand so. why. I don't understand why it was used at all. But I understand what they were going yeah. for. the The thing that they were going for was like, she's light side, but she has this unquenchable thirst for the darkness, and she tends to go towards the darkness every time she gets like emotional and he's Mm -hmm. the dark side, but he tends to thirst for the light. Every time he's emotional, he ends up giving into the light side instead of the dark. They are, they are good with a little bit of bad and bad with a little bit of good. They're literally yin and yang. Yeah. Also the whole thing where Ray literally dies and then Kylo Ren brings her back to life with the Force. But he shouldn't have been able to because, as we've seen throughout Star Wars, when people who are Jedi or Force-sensitive die, they disappear. Yeah. But her body is just waiting there to be resurrected. Yep. And then he resurrects her, kisses her, then he disappears. I was like, wait, so no, they still do disappear. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. And also it's a terrible ending. Like even if you want them to get together, which I kind of did, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I think that'd be an interesting storyline. It doesn't have any payoff because it happens and then he's dead. And it doesn't feel like he sacrificed himself. It doesn't feel like he's done anything really to redeem himself. It just feels like he was a jerk. He kissed a girl and he died. It's like, what the fuck? And also they have like a brief moment where like they smile at each other. I'm like, they didn't build their chemistry at all they just have like weird visions of each other where they yell at each other and then that's it there's nothing like there weren't sparks flying between them the thing that really bothered me is they play with the force a lot in that movie and it's it's more than uh, any other movie that i remember having like force use they play tug of war on the they ship did. until it they explodes. Did. He snatched a, a necklace off her on a different planet. Which is real weird. <laughs> they I was just... like, it seems like if you could reach and grab something on that planet, you could just teleport to that planet. They're very they're very fast and loose with the rules around the force. <laughs> the entire thing feels like the line from Force Awakens where he's like, That's not how the force works. It's like, well, apparently it is. <laughs> apparently, that's exactly how the Force works. And they, I felt bad for Carrie Fisher being in this movie after her death. I, know. I was like, oh, no control. Poor, poor, poor lady. She didn't realize how bad this was going to be. And some of her scenes are the worst. Yeah. Her acting, there's a reason it wasn't in episode seven, what it was shot yeah. for. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah bad. it was just all around bad movie such a bad movie i might lower my rating actually i might give it half a star i don't remember if i even gave it stars i think i gave it three because honestly the the thing i keep coming back to with star wars is the people who love star wars saw it at certain points in their life and like yeah. hold fast to those so like people who saw the original you know star wars trilogy in theaters hated the prequels and people who grew up on the prequels never understood that. And now they're hating the sequels and the people who grew up on the sequels, like eight year olds now 
are like, wow, look at that. Like they still, it's still spectacle, which is what star mm-hmm. Wars has always been. So honestly, yeah. three stars and eight year old will love this. Yeah. I mean, just because the writing and it is so terrible, but I guess the writing in star Wars has never been a strong suit. I hate sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. Not like here. And I don't so much mean the dialogue in this movie. Although the dialogue is bad at points, I mean more just like the plot. The plot of this movie is terrible. What plot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this movie is just an Easter egg hunt. I, They're like, oh, we got to go here and get the thing. Oh, it's the thing. Now we got to go here and get the thing that'll read the thing. And now that we have the thing that reads the thing, we need the thing that tells us how to read the thing that reads the thing. And now that we have the thing that reads the thing that reads the thing, we need the thing that reads the thing that reads the thing that reads the thing. Yeah. From the beginning of the movie, when they're like, there are none of us left, then I was like, I'm just waiting for the moment of this movie that will be a a 100% exactly the same. The come to Jesus moment? No, no, no. The moment that is like from directly from the Battle of Helm's Deep and Lord of the Rings where Gandalf showed us up (laughs) with the entire... With all the writers of Aomer. Oh, you mean the Avengers Endgame thing? That, yeah. Well, I'm the just, most notable I'm moment just, for me. I'm just talking about how many movies it's been in. Yeah. I was like waiting for that moment. And I was sure enough, uh, was it Poe shows up with them or Lando, whoever shows up with them? I don't remember. It's Lando. Oh, yeah, it's Lando. <laughs> the moment Lando showed up, I was like, there's going to be Ewoks in this movie. I knew it because... <laughs> I was like, they've brought back everyone. There's no way they're not bringing back Ewoks. And they did. And like the last minute Were there Gungans? Of the movie. What? Were there Gungans? No. There were no Gungans. So is it even a real Star Wars movie? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Can't, can't, can't stand by it. That would, that would have been the thing to push it over the edge. But I'm like, it's so bad. It's good. <laughs> Jar 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 shows up as an old man. Oh, if Jar Jar Binks had been in one of those tanks in Palpatine's lair, (laughs) like he'd constructed Jar Jar. His silhouette his silhouette is is visibly him in the the row of Siths in their robes. Um, (laughs) No. If they they actually had the the entire prequel trilogy to explain how stupid he was. <laughs> they were like, he was just a clone made by Palpatine. <laughs> he wasn't even a real Gungan. He'd been on the boo solely to find the Jedi and infiltrate their friend group so that he could manipulate the <laughs> galactic politics. <laughs> it would have been a five-star movie right there. Hands down. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll be honest. I love Jar Jar Binks as a character. Uh, I'm something, um, something Star Wars related that I am excited for is when I eventually break down and get Disney plus for a little bit so I can watch the most recent season of the clone wars. Cause it looks pretty good. Have you seen the Mandalorian at all? I haven't finished it. I'm like halfway through. I watched episode one, episode two, episode three, and episode seven. 
I was watching it on like uh, any legal streaming site, and then it didn't have all the episodes. So, see, the thing is, I went from episode three to episode seven, and as far as I can tell, I didn't miss shit. Yeah. So, but episode three was pretty cool, and episode seven was pretty cool. Was episode three the one where all the Mandalorians go and fight the stormtroopers at the? That was yeah, a good episode. That's a good episode. Yeah. Real good episode. <laughs> I'm happy about that the show exists because, like, some of my favorite stuff and reading, I've read a bunch of the books, um, is the specifically the series Republic Commandos, where they get a lot into Mandalorian culture and the trainers of the clones who, especially the commandos, who, like, they give them a real sense of Mandalorian culture and, like, the language and the um, traditions and everything. Um, so that's something that I really like about the show. So, Yeah. Huh. I'm actually another Star Wars related thing. I started playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, last oh. week. Is it good? It's pretty good. The storyline so far hasn't progressed very far because I, I just started. Um, so far, it seems interesting. It's not. It's a little bit cheesy, but it's definitely not worse than the movies. It looked like to me if Force Unleashed was made like nowadays. Yeah, kinda. It's it's very much similar to like an Uncharted or like a like a Lara Croft. Oh well, that actually sounds much better than Force Unleashed. I don't like Force Unleashed at all. It's it's got like different. There's like it's not open world, and it's not like entirely like quick time event things. It's yeah. It's a kind of a, a mixture of like an action adventure RPG kind of thing okay it's pretty good i'm happy with most games as long as they have like some sort of like open world feel and like a platformer aspect to it then then i'm pretty satisfied yeah it's much it's very much like that okay cool because i tend to only play open world games and i'm enjoying it so far so okay i might play it eventually i think we should probably stop because my laptop's about to die which i'm calling you on And it's been a long episode, I think.